Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Wow. Tomorrow we really have the privilege of starting afresh and anew. We begin this Shabbos, the Book of Bereshis, Sefer Bereshis, and Parshas Bereshis. We span in this Parsha the first thousand years of civilization. In this Parsha, according to the Chinuch, is the first mitzvah in the Torah, and that is the mitzvah of pru-urvu, the mitzvah of procreation, to have Jewish children. Now, I'd like to focus on two different ideas. Firstly, to call your attention to the very first Rashi in the Torah. Rashi is troubled as to why our constitution is different from all others. Namely, a constitution is a book of laws, and therefore our laws, which were given to the Jewish people, begin in chapter 12 in the second book in Shmos, whereby you have the unique Jewish calendar which is a combination of lunar and solar, that's the first mitzvah that we should have had in our Torah. And that's how the Torah should have begun. Why does the Torah begin with the narratives, the stories contained in Bereshis, and even informing us that God is the Creator? After all, in the Ten Commandments, we are told to keep Shabbos, Kisheshes Yomim, Oso Hashem, Es Hashemayim Oretz. Namely, that we keep Shabbos as a, not just reminder, but as a strong statement that God is the Creator. We don't need the specifics of day one, day two, day three. So Rashi's question is, Matam Posach Bebereshis. So why then does the Torah begin with creation? And he answers Rashi by quoting the Pasuk from Tehillim, chapter 111, verse 6, whereby the Davra Melech says, Literally, the power of his actions, he told his people, Bereshis Bara Elokim, why? Nachalas Goyim, in order to give them literally the inheritance of nations. And Rashi goes on to say, so that if the nations of the world, now amazing, did Rashi write this with Ruach HaKodesh, literally with divine inspiration? Because after all, what Rashi is referring to is nothing less that we've heard so many times and even within the last month, from the United Nations, that the rest of the world, what do they say to the Jewish people? Listematem, you are bandits, you are thieves, you've stolen, you have no real claim to this land. You've stolen the lands of seven and other nations who inhabited the land. So, Haim Omrim Lahem, Israel has an answer. Israel will say to them, Kola Oretz Shalkodesh Baruchuhu. You should know the entire earth belongs 
to God. Hu he created it. And he gave it Lasher He gave it to whoever he found proper in his eyes. And by his will, he gave it to them. And by his will, he took it from them and gave it to us. The first thing is, the Jew has to be prepared to tell this to the rest of the world with a strong sense of conviction. Because as we conclude every prayer of Shachris, Mincha, and with the Oleinu prayer, and we say the Ne'emar, as we've been promised by the Prophet, V'hoyo Hashem Melech al kol ha'oretz, literally, that God is going to be the king over the entire world. And the Navi, who Zechariah, in chapter 14, verse 9, the Navi doesn't lie. The day will come when the entire world will recognize it. But until that time, we have to be strong in our belief and heim omrim lahem is not only we are prepared to stand firm and tell this to the rest of the world, but there are, unfortunately, so many of our own Jewish boys and girls in universities throughout the country that, unfortunately, do not have this basic foundation of Bereshis Bara Elukim, that God is the Creator, and it's Him to choose. And there's no question about it how privileged we are today. And we see Bali Ayan Hara, six million King Yerbu Jews living in the state of Israel. Take a look at the Gemara in Sanhedrin 98a and see how the prophecy of Yechezkel, chapter 36, is Bli Ayin Hara, becoming evident and visible in our day that the land is producing, and it does so commensurate with the number of Jews that keep coming home, the land produces more. That which the land has not, did not produce for close to two thousand years and you want to know why because Hashem promised us in Parshas Bichukosai Vahashimosi Ani Esaoret God promised that he would keep the land desolate as long as the Jewish people were not on its land. And so it is so exciting that verse is found in chapter twenty six in uh, the third book of the Torah, verse 32. But I urge you, bring this first Rashi to the table. And if you need an English commentary, bring it as well. Read it slowly and imbibe the very powerful vitamin E of Emuna, which comes forth from this Rashi. And our claim and our deed to Eretz Yisrael comes from this Rashi. I'd like to share with you a very, very interesting concept stemming from another very challenging Rashi.
If you go in the first chapter, verse 11 and verse 12. So when Hashem on the third day orders the earth to bring forth vegetation, Hashem says He wants eight pre osaprilimino, fruit trees that yield fruit after its kind. Rashi says, eats pre, that the taste of the tree itself should be as the taste of the fruit. The bark of the tree should have taste. And if you look at the next verse, Rashi says, Vihi lo us The earth did not listen to God. Nothing less than defied Hashem. And what does it say in the next verse? That the earth brought forth eights osepri, trees yielding fruit, but not that the tree itself had the taste of the fruit. I remember seeing years ago a fascinating understanding, suggestion by Rep. Pinchas Friedman, the head of the Kolel in Eretz Yisrael, whereby he embells, the head of the Bells Kolel, he suggested very sharp. Another one of those we had at first is as follows. Think about it. The term Mother Nature. This is something which is found in most languages. In Israel it's called Ima Adama, Mother Nature. Where is this coming from? Suggests Rav Friedman a very interesting idea. Nothing less than God gave the earth free will. And the earth defied God. Why? Because what won't a mother do for its child? To use that expression would take the bullet. To use that expression, it puts itself before its child. And now the earth knows that the child which will come from it, namely Adam, and he's called Adam because he comes mino Adama, and he's going to defy God's word when God says to him in this parasha, in chapter 2, that you can eat from all the fruit, but that one is the one you should not eat from, from the Eitz Hadas Tovarah. And when man defies God, what can he say as an alibi on his own defense? Look where I come from. I come from the earth, which in of itself was, unfortunately, that which first defied. So I come from perhaps defective source, but this is all to provide an alibi for its offspring, hence mother nature, the mother covering up for its young. So on the one hand, man who comes from the Adama can use that as his easy way out. I don't God forbid, live up to my potential, because after all, I come from a 
poor or weaker stock. However, comes along the Shalah HaKadosh and says, why is he called Adam? Not just because he comes from the Adamah, but Adam because of Adameh. I can be like, I can emulate Hashem. Now think about it. What a powerful idea. The Talmud tells us that Shor ben Yomo Korui Shor, an ox, a bull, on the day of its birth, it is complete with all the faculties that it needs. Sure, it might grow and it might become stronger, but it's mental capacity, its character, its essence is given to it in its complete form at its birth. The only exception in all of nature is man. That man is the only being that he is like God in the sense that he too has been given the Koach HaYetzirah He alone has been given this capacity to literally build and shape and transform the Adama, the earthliness, the physicality of man, and transform it and elevate it to become nothing less than God-like. And so, this incredible idea of Naase Adam, that God says, let us make man, giving him this very special potential. We read this in Ha'azinu, whereby in verse 9 of chapter 32 of Ha'azinu, Ki chilek Hashem amo Yaakov chevel machalaso, literally, Hashem's portion is his people. Jacob is the measure of his inheritance. And Rashi on the spot tells us that the word chevel does not only mean an inheritance and a portion, but it means a rope. And this is very much elaborated upon by the Nefesh HaChayim, Rab Chaim in his very Sha'ar Aleph in his first Sha'ar, whereby he writes that just as picture a rope which is suspended from heaven and literally comes down to this earth, and when man shakes the rope down here, it has effect upon the heavens above, and it has effect upon the entire world. This is what we are being taught, is that incredible capacity of man. And therefore, you've got a choice. You can take the easy way out and say, look where I come from. I come from the Adama. The Adama messed up. I too can. Or no, take the other approach that says, wow, look at your incredible potential. And look what you can accomplish.
I pray that we're going to be so proud of our new beginning, our being an Adam, our having the capacity to emulate none other than Hashem Himself. Shabbat Shalom to all.